Welcome to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. This is episode 37, Chris Watts Updates. Hey everyone, welcome back to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. I'm your host Ash, and this week's episode is Chris Watts Updates. Now, before we get started, I do have a couple quick announcements. The first one is I decided to go in a different direction this week and not do the mass shooting series anymore because I feel like I covered the cases that I really wanted to cover and I just wanted to go in a different direction. And I said last week I wasn't sure if that would be my last episode on the series or not and it turns out that it was. My next one is if you could, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps the show out and it helps others find the show. Thank you again so much for your support. And thank you to everyone who has listened. I really appreciate each and every one of you. All right, that's all for the announcements. So let's just get right into this episode. Now there's been so much coverage on the Chris Watts case and what happened during the case and the things that led up to the tragedy and all that. So I decided that I was going to focus more on what has happened since because this is a very popular case and it still gets a lot of media attention to this day, even though Chris is in jail. My main source for this is the documentary series on Lifetime that's called Sailmate Secrets. And this was episode number four on it, which is called Chris Watts. And this is a really good show. I recommend this on the other cases too. They have Casey Anthony, Drew Peterson, and Susan Smith and some others. It's a really great show, so I highly recommend it. So this documentary goes into detail about Chris's life during his prison sentence. And it talks to a few people that know him. One of them is... Another man who is in jail for drug-related charges. And he used to be in the cell right next to Chris. So they were able to communicate extensively. So they really got to know each other. And the two other people are women that write to Chris Watts. One of them is a woman who said that she believed he was innocent. And just wanted to offer some support and encouragement to him. And the other was an author who said that she did not believe in his innocence. She definitely thought he was guilty and told him straight up. And she wrote a book about it too. And she is a married grandmother of 12. So it's interesting to kind of hear both sides of that. Now I really want to say real quickly that nothing is confirmed to be truthful. This is not a first-hand account coming from Chris himself. He's not speaking in this documentary. So I'm just going to say that everything happened allegedly. Before we get into the documentary and the things that have happened since with the case, I wanted to provide kind of a brief background of what happened and why Chris is actually in jail. So Christopher Lee Watts, who was 33 years old at the time, admitted to murdering his pregnant wife, Shanann Watts, and their two daughters, four-year-old Bella and three-year-old Celeste, by smothering them with a blanket over their heads. And he admitted this on August 13th, 2008. 
And this was after he failed a polygraph test. His wife, Shanann, had been missing. And there was a lot of suspicion on Chris Watts during the time that she was allegedly missing. So he did take a polygraph test and failed that. And that's when he admitted to killing his wife and their two children. And he said that the only reason he did this was because he got into a fight with Shanann. And then she got really upset and killed her two daughters. So he became enraged and killed Shanann. Now there was no trial because he pled guilty to multiple counts of first degree murder and the death penalty was off the table because that was part of the deal that he made. And the death penalty was later abolished in Colorado in 2020. So he was sentenced to five life sentences without the possibility of parole. So basically he's not getting out. But since there was no trial, he really hasn't spoken out since. And many people, I would say most people, believe that what he said was not true during the confession. That maybe the polygraph person led him in that direction. I think most people believe it was more of a premeditated thing. The documentary says that he met with the FBI after he was in jail and admitted that he killed Shanann because they got into a fight but I'm really not sure if he actually has admitted that since or not so I'm not gonna say either way. So going back to what happened a lot of people believe that this was a premeditated thing because it came out that the marriage between Chris and Shanann was not happy especially recent times because they were having a lot of financial difficulties which is a stressor for sure. They actually declared bankruptcy in 2015. And they were living in a five-bedroom house in California, which was probably really expensive and hard to maintain. Shanann was also pregnant with their third child, which was another stressor, both financially and emotionally for Chris, because kids are expensive, one, and he did not want this pregnancy to happen. And this was because he was having an affair with a woman named Nicole from work. And they were becoming pretty serious towards the end of this. And he really seemed as if he wanted to make a life with Nicole and divorce Shanann. And Shanann actually was pretty suspicious of everything. There was one time where she was out on a business trip. And she caught him using their credit card at some restaurant and spent like $60 on food and she knew that he was probably with someone else. So things were pretty rocky between them towards the end. So he was in jail in Colorado and then for safety reasons he was moved to a jail in Wisconsin where he is today. And it is a maximum security prison. And some prison inmates have given reports as to what he's like in prison and a lot of them say that you know he's not very popular in there because children murderers are usually not very popular in there and that you know his safety is a concern so that's probably why he's in the maximum security place today's episode is sponsored by hello fresh do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut 
With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. My personal favorite, definitely the crispy buffalo spice chicken. Just go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, that's eight zero, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. So now let's get into the updates since. That was kind of a brief overview of the case and everything that went on. This is kind of more recently what's been going on while he's been in prison. The documentary says that he gets quite a lot of fan mail from ladies. And this is actually quite common. You see this with, you know, Charles Manson. He got quite a lot of fan mail. And then Ted Bundy, of course, had groupies. They refer to these as his groupies in the documentary. So that's kind of why I'm saying that. Oh, of course, the Menendez brothers have relationships with women and stuff. So it's pretty common. I mean, into the documentary... Chris gets a letter from a woman named Krista who just writes to him and says, you know, you're not alone. I support you. And she actually really believes that he's innocent. And according to the documentary, again, he gets so much fan mail that he doesn't really keep most of the letters it said. But he did decide to hand this letter over to his friend who I talked about earlier, who was his next door neighbor, I guess named Dylan, the man who was in there for drug charges. And you actually hear Dylan's voice on the documentary. And he says that before he talked to Chris, he didn't know who he was because he doesn't watch TV because it's not allowed in there. And it's also against prison rules, quote unquote, to ask an inmate what they're in there for. But he was very complimentary towards Chris and said they would write Bible quotes together and talk about Bible verses. And Chris has found religion pretty deeply since he's been in prison. So going back to the letter, Chris gave Krista's letter to Dylan and wanted to kind of set them up. And that actually worked because they became involved romantically. And they actually became engaged, even though they weren't able to physically see each other because of COVID rules and stuff. But they were in a romantic relationship. And then towards the end of the documentary, it says that they're no longer in a relationship because he was uncomfortable with the media attention she was getting and the interviews with the tabloids and podcasts that she was giving. But at the time, they were engaged. And she would speak to Chris towards the end, a little bit here and there. And she still was fighting for him and his innocence, I guess, that she believes in during the documentary. And now I bring this up because something happened that I didn't really expect. She kind of turns on him at the end. She says that he denounced her 
somehow and said that their friendship isn't real or something. I don't know. But she says that he used her, basically. Which, if you look at his history, it seems like kind of a pattern of using women. I'm just saying. So, it's that was pretty interesting, I thought. And I still think that she believes he's innocent. But she kind of felt used by him. So, I'm not really sure much about that but that's just what she said so now what I really wanted to get to was the part with this woman named Sherilyn who was the author that I talked about earlier the grandmother of 12 who wrote to Chris Watts and said you know I do not believe you are innocent I believe you are guilty but I know there's more to this and I feel like you should clear Shanann's name because you said that she killed her two daughters and I think it would make you feel better if you actually confess to this. And she made it seem like she wanted to help him. And maybe she did. I don't know. But she really was trying to gain his trust through these letters. And they actually met up in person a few times. In the prison, of course. But what's interesting about this is she allegedly has correspondence with him. That talks about what really happened she says and the kind of stuff that she says that happened was really interesting she says he told her that he got into an argument with Shanann and this was about their divorce that they were going to go through and she snapped at him and said you know if you leave me you're never going to see the girls again and because of that he just got so mad that he snapped and killed her and then, unfortunately, the girls woke up. So he took Shanann's body and the two girls who were alive at this time to the oil field where he worked. And then that's where he smothered the two girls with the blanket. And then what's really creepy about this is he supposedly said he was so mad at Shanann during this time that he had so much rage in him, he would have killed anything. So he didn't really have any empathy or feelings towards killing his own two daughters. So she was really disturbed with the level of rage that he had in him. And she also said that she got a lot of hate from his followers at the time that she wrote the book. Another thing that's pretty interesting that's come out since is... Another inmate at the jail said that Chris Watts is still in touch with his mistress, Nicole. Nicole has since changed her name and pretty much gone into hiding because no one knows what's going on with her. Which is, you know, fine. It's her right, I guess. But one of the inmates said that Chris got a letter from her saying that she wanted to clear some things up. So, I don't know if this was just a one-time thing or not, or maybe she just needed closure, or maybe they're still in contact, I don't know. But if you can believe that, that's what the inmate said, that he's still in touch with Nicole. So that's kind of what's been going on with Chris Watts since he was sentenced to prison. And I really wonder if he will ever give some sort of interview in prison. 
I think that would be pretty interesting, just to hear everything from him himself. I don't really think he'll do that. I mean, maybe, like, you know, five years from now or something, he might just go on Dr. Phil or something, or however that works, but, eh, I just don't see it happening. But, who really knows? Well, there you have it. Episode number 37 of True Crime Works, Chris Watts Updates. I really hope you enjoyed this show. I really enjoyed doing the research for this, and I'm really glad I got to watch that documentary. It was super interesting and just really informative. If you could, please take a moment to rate, subscribe, and review. I'd really appreciate it. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at True Crime Works, and if you have any ideas for upcoming cases, you can either message me on Instagram, I check it pretty much every day, or just send me an email, truecrimeworks at gmail.com. I hope you have a good rest of your week, and I look forward to talking to you next week.